Hello, this is Rabbi Mark Soloway. Welcome to A Dash of Drush, weekly reflections on our world through the lens of Torah. This week our conversation is being recorded in Berkeley, California, where I am at a rabbinic convening with uh, Tru'ah. Tru'ah is the rabbinic call for human rights, and I'm at a remarkable two-day gathering of rabbis from across the denominations gathered here at a convening called No Time for Neutrality. And I'm sitting here in a <laughs> children's classroom uh, of the Nitivot Shalom congregation in Berkeley, California, with um, two people who I both consider to be uh, teachers, role models, and people who are really uh, walking the walk in this in this world in, a, in very very powerful ways. Here with two rabbis, Rabbi Arya Cohen, a teacher of mine, formerly a teacher of mine, at uh, the Ziegler School of Rabbinical Studies, where he is professor of rabbinic uh, literature. He's also a rabbi in residence for Bendy Ark and a former board ne- member of Trua. And next to him is Rabbi Jill Jacobs, who is the executive director of Trua and has been um, an activist rabbi um, for years and done some very important work. So it's great to see you both. Hi. Hi. It's great to be here. Really, thank you for agreeing to um, spend a few minutes talking to me. Uh, It's pretty amazing, like where we are in the Torah and where we are in our world and where we are in the cosmos today was the eclipse, which I'm still trying to work out what the meaning of that is, but the idea that the sun's light is somehow being blocked out by the moon is something that we are <laughs> perplexed by, I'm perplexed by. And uh, we're also in the week of, of Parshat Shoftim, which has in it that haunting verse, Tzedek, Tzedek, Tirdof, the repetition of the word Tzedek, justice, justice, you will pursue in an imperative second person form. And so I just love to invite each of you to reflect on the sort of synchronicity of a group of rabbis being here talking about um, justice and civil rights and human rights and perhaps the eclipse, but maybe more significantly the the parsha and what 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 Judaism really demands of us when it comes to justice and why both of you have have dedicated so much of your own rabbinic work to the pursuit of justice. S- start with you, Joan. I feel like the Torah this year is just tracking current events or current events are tracking the Torah or something like that. That we started the inauguration was Bayako Mel Chadash. There's a new king and then all sorts of terrible things start happening. And last week in Charlottesville, we were reading about smashing idols. And so here we are in the week after Charlottesville and at this convening and we're reading about the necessity for pursuing justice. So for me, tzedek, the concept of justice in Judaism is about a social system that allows for people to live their full selves, that ensures, that doesn't say that this, it's not a flat society, it's not that everyone's going to have the same amount of money or that everybody's going to have the same position, but it's a society in which nobody's rights are being trampled on, that there is uh, a possibility for everybody to, to live out their life. So it's really a structural imperative. It's not about tzedakah, which might be an act of tzedek to redistribute some money, or it's not about kamilut chasadim, which is doing an act of kindness for somebody, but it's really about figuring out how we're going to create a, a structural society that allows everybody to live to the fullness of their being as creations in the image of God. 
So the um, first of all, I want to say it's an amazing group of rabbis who came together. Amazing that rabbis will are are, are so dedicated to come here for for two days and study and try to figure out what it means at the intersection of, of Torah and, and, and the street, what it means to do justice outside the text. Uh, one of the interesting, the most, one of my, my favorite um, learnings from this week's parsha in the beginning, Shoftim Shoftim Tasimucha, is that Chaim Hirshenson, who was, a, who was the chief rabbi of, of um, Hoboken, New Jersey, uh, was born in Palestine, uh, was the rabbi in Hoboken, just a little bit before Frank Sinatra was born. And, but he uh, was asked, he was a very very involved in the American Zionist movement and was asked uh, whether or not the coming state of Israel would be democratic or not because there is a commandment to appoint a king. There's a commandment to do, uh, to go to war on the, on the basis of a king and a Sanhedrin and not democracy. And he said that the um, in his words, the basic principle of Judaism is that Judaism, or halakha in his words, could not contradict the most progressive form of civilization. And then he went on to say that shoftim, tasimcha, that shoftim are not judges. He uses the word shoftim, and he learns it out from the book of Judges. And the book of Judges the people we see in those books, in that book, are not judges. They're not judging people. They're leading people. And he said that Shoftim actually are elected leaders. And he learns a, an obligation, a commandment for democratic authority from the first verse in this week's Parsha. And so when you say, Jill, the, the notion of, of engagement, of everybody, that's at the heart of democracy. And there are those who say that democracy is not a Jewish value, and it's not a Jewish value empirically in the sense that it wasn't created by the rabbis. But here you have a rabbi who realizes that as our culture evolves, um, the obligation to hear everybody's voice is part of that evolution. And so therefore he learns out that, you know, the loti kach shochad, you should not accept the bribe, means that you're not allowed to have fraudulent, fraudulent elections, you know, because ki shochad yaver in a uh, that you'd be blinded by it. And so it's the, and, and in our, going back to the theme of tracking this administration, uh, the Voting Rights Act, the, fa the Voting Rights Act is about not allowing everybody to participate in democracy. If the American, the first commandment of the American commandments is to create a more perfect union, then the only way to do that is by hearing everybody's voice and having everybody involved in the conversation. The Voting Rights Act was the way we got there, or the way we're getting there. We opened up the possibility that we would eventually get there. Destroying the Voting Rights Act, which the Supreme Court started doing, and now Jeff Sessions took it as his, you know, his flag and this stupid um, or evil commission on voting fraud, which is not about voting fraud but about suppressing the vote, is destroying that idea that that at the heart of a democracy is the voice of the people. Is people getting together and and this morning we had a session on moral courage moral courage one of the ways moral courage is expressed and has been expressed in the past is by people demanding the right to vote and this week's parsha last week we had the the this metaphor of um shemitah where you let go where basically shemitah is about letting go and not holding on to everything but recognizing that that you have to let go and what we're seeing now in the streets with white white supremacy is all about holding on about not letting go. It's about demanding 
power. It's about saying this is ours and always was ours. And the way to oppose that, the way to get people to the point of letting go, is by allowing more and more voices and more and more votes into the process and more and more civic engagement. And so here we are, Shoftim Mishotim, that we have to, you know, allowing elections and allowing our elected leaders and then influencing those leaders is the way to full civic engagement and democracy. It's also a reminder, I think, about the importance of the legal system, which we've seen this year as the only, really, the only branch of our government that seems to be working is the judicial branch. And thinking about the emphasis that certainly the Torah and then later rabbinic law put on creating a a legal system and a, a system of courts that are going to allow people to have the best chance of getting a fair hearing. Um, and thinking about, right, so you're not going to prioritize the wealthy over the poor or the person with power over the person who doesn't have power, etc. And thinking about the Voting Rights Act, which is really creating an extra burden of evidence for certain people. So if the assumption is that everybody gets the right to vote if you're a citizen, but now we have a situation which some people have to present more evidence in order to get that, to secure that right to vote. So this, um, the, the idea of the courts is setting up this system, in Judaism is setting up this system in which it doesn't matter who you are, the rules, the same rules apply to you. You're supposed to get the same trial. The judges aren't supposed to look differently on the people who have more power or have less power. So you, you're both... Um you're both rabbis, you know, you are a teacher of rabbinic literature, a teacher of Talmud. And from everything you've said so far, it seems that you're very clear that your own work as activists, your own work of interpreting Torah through through the lens of activism, through the lens of justice, is very consistent with what you understand to be both what the Torah and what rabbinic Judaism is really demanding of us. And, you know, here we are this week, we're also going to be bringing in the new month of Elul and we're going to be blowing the shofar every day in the name of the organization True Eyes based on that that, that call of the shofar that, that demands something of us, demands just of us. So, so first of all, I mean, is, it, is that for you both really true, that everything that you're doing in this world in terms of, of justice and the way that you see Torah is coming from, from our tradition? And, and the second question is, you know, is a little more complicated this morning there was this analogy to like a fire hydrant where there's just so many areas that that, that call our attention so if as we start blowing the shofar this week um to bring in the month of Ella, like where how do we focus the work on on what is most most calling us well, for me the answer to your first question is yes i see halakha as not a bunch of ritual and uh religious practices, but rather as more literally the way to walk through the world. And the mistake that we often make is people think that, oh, to be a religious Jew, you have to do certain ritual practices. But actually, the body of halakha includes lots of civil law and includes really people over many, many generations and thousands of years trying to figure out how are we supposed to live in this world together in order to have a more just world, a more just community. So of course, we can ask questions about any individual law where we find the roots in Judaism, where we need to argue with our text because maybe the way that it's it's written down is not exactly what our experience is. Now, there's, there's lots of conversations we can have about the specifics, but at the root of it, for me, being Jewish means, and being a halachic Jew means living a life that is fully integrated, meaning that it's ritual practice and it's how I act in the world, it's how I express my my justice in the world, my activism in the world. So yes, it's all integrated. 
Well, so why don't you answer that question, and then we can come back to the, the second part of the question. So I, I think in, in broad strokes, I agree with, with Jill. Um, I, I would say, and I'm, I'm not sure you, you disagree with that. I don't think, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, we're working on a linkage fee in, in Los Angeles, which is that a developer, developers have to pay a certain amount of money to apply so they can build a house instead of so we can build houses for, you know, affordable housing for low-income people. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that the halacha won't tell you whether the, that linkage fee should be $7 a square foot or $15 a square foot. Right, that just like in cases of pikuach nefesh, where life is in danger, you ask a doctor. Um, so here, there, I mean, there's a there's lots of room for expertise for people who know, the, but in but you know people who know the field, who are people who are in housing or sociologists or demographers, who tell you how much money you need to actually build housing for homeless. On the other hand, in broad strokes, yes, uh, the values that animate our lives are drawn from from halacha, from Talmud, from Torah. Now, it's not always, and here's where it becomes complicated, is that sometimes we draw, the values that we draw from agotic levels of the tradition are need to impact and imp, um, things that are drawn from halacha. So the fact that everybody's created B'Tselem, right, the fact I just want to, uh, just agotic meaning more the narrative parts of our tradition and halachic meaning more the, the legal parts of our tradition. Correct. And the agadic meaning more the, the theological, religious, spiritual, ethical, um, though ethical, though the halacha is based in, in ethical uh, thinking. Um, so if we have a law on the books that says that homosexual, the homosexuality is an abomination, and we have a basic principle in Genesis that everybody was created in the image of God, then uh, we have to we we have a contradiction, and the question is how you overcome the contradiction. So for hundreds of years, for centuries, nobody realized there was a contradiction. The question is what happens when the contradiction is revealed. Same way, feminism right, revealed the fact that everybody's created b'tselem, or that women are actually full spiritual, religious, legal beings, and yet the halacha says that uh, women are not uh, obligated in certain mitzvot or certain things. So how do we overcome the contradiction? So I believe that we overcome the contradiction by actually working with the text to create a solution which uh, fulfills the highest ideals of Torah. As you know, Chaim Hirschertson says, we can, halacha cannot can contradict um, the cutting edge of, of, of his word civilization, but I would say the cutting edge of where we understand justice to be at. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I'd say two things. First, that it's very common in social justice circles to quote a pasuk, a verse, and then say, therefore, everybody needs to vote for House Bill 1234 or for, what do you say, linkages? That linkage fees. Linkage fees, or against them. or right? and, and that we don't get. We're not going to get the exact situation, but we m do get conversations about, well, when, as a landlord, are you allowed to evict somebody, and when are you not allowed to evict somebody, and what are the the questions that might go into that decision and we can extract those values. So it's always values that are embodied in, um, in halakha. And we have precedent. I mean, the Talmud, as you obviously know, there's a number of instances in which there's some law that's laid out and then you get a masa, you get a story, right? So then there's like some, something that happens or some person who exists who makes it, who challenges that established law, and then the rabbis have to contend with that. So that's the conversation we're in. It's not a settled conversation. And I'm sure that there's going to be, I'm sure that, that uh, in another generation, there will be something that we all thought was perfectly settled, and somebody else, and somebody comes along, just like people thought 
that there wasn't a contradiction between Sel and Elohim and the uh, what was understood as a prohibition on at least male homosexuality and there's going to be a contradiction that's pointed out to us and then we're going to have to work with it and that's we have thousands of years of experience in figuring out how to do that we do and what's interesting even is that there's as you know there's there's a whole genre of stories in the Talmud about rabbis who said X after a long conversation, and then a story comes up which shows not X. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then they have to, then, then what do we do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, and unsettling the conversation is the, at the heart of Talmudic Judaism. Yeah. So let's get back and, and, and perhaps close with this, going back to the sort of fire hydrant and the shofar. Mm -hmm. Like the shofar is this symbol that's calling us to action, and the fire hydrant being this metaphor for the fact that it's just like, where do we put out energy right now? Do you have wisdom around that for us? Because there's a lot of people, I yeah. think, asking that question and struggling with it right now. Uh, I don't think there's an easy answer to that question. There's not an answer that says, everybody's energy needs to go into X and definitely not into Y. We see that online a lot of times, people saying, that's a distraction, don't pay attention to that, do something else, and somebody's saying, no, that's a distraction, right? So we see that that argument going on. Everything's a distraction. Everything's, at, right. And I would say, we just pick something. It almost doesn't matter what you pick, that every individual is going to pick what they feel like they can work on out of passion, out of access, whatever it is, and just work on it. We're entering Elul tomorrow, so the, the month of Chuba, the, the month of returning to our best selves, culminating with Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and it's always very it's very overwhelming to go through the whole list of uh, al right? All the, all the things that we did wrong and kind of look at the list and say, all right, I can't fix every single one of these things if I feel guilty of, of all of these things. And if we were able to fix everything, then we wouldn't have to show up in shul again the following <laughs> year. But we keep showing up in shul the following year because guess what? We didn't fix it. And I feel like that about the world. Like, well, pick one thing. Really, it doesn't matter. Don't let anybody tell you it's a distraction. Just pick something, work on it really hard, and know that somebody else is working on something else. Mm. I would agree with that. I also say that part of the shofar this year needs to be not only calling us to attention, but calling us together. Right? That we need community to work on problems. Lots of different people are going to work on lots of different things, and we have lots of different. But we need you not going. Don't do it alone. Because if you do it alone, you know it's not you're not gonna fix it. Right? And and you have your passion. Find the other fifty hundred people who have that passion. And and you know that's why you know in the text we studied this morning, when Rabbi Akiva was threatened by the government to stop studying Torah, what he did was Makil Kilot Barabim. He brought together people in public to study Torah. When there's a problem that's facing us, we organize. We create community around that problem and so focus on that problem. Mm -hmm. And then other communities will focus on other problems. Great, and it feels like there's this, even in the in the Parsha, there's this sort of going from plural to singular, you know, Tzedek Tzedek as a as a singular command, but the, the idea of the, the Shoftim and the Shotrim, putting the judges and officers at our gates is really for the community as a whole. And so there is this, this tension, like there is definitely the, the work that we need to do and that we're called to do as individuals. And that is gonna be different from each of us, just as the process of Teshuvah of return is, a, is very much a, a private and individual process. And there's even the idea that, you know, the Hasidic idea that the Shoftim and the Shotrim, or rather the gates, the gates are actually our own sensory world that is able to 
filter what we filter and so we have work that's unique to us but there's also this incredible need to be together and I want to say that it's been amazing to be t together I mean with you guys but with this this community of rabbis who are each in individual and collective ways committed to to justice and committed to being in, in the public square and just want to wish both of you and uh, really everybody who might be listening um, that the, the month of Elul we're able to hear that shofar calling us to what we need to be called to and that we are able to find the communities in which um, we can express our own meaning and our own sense of, of uh, bringing more justice into this world so thank you so much for being here thank you. and thank um, you. let's keep working Thank you. Shana Tova. Shana Tova. Thank you for listening to Adash and Drush. We will see you next time.